Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Dream Job Ready podcast. My name is Dane Sharp. I'm your host and I'm super excited to launch our first episode of 2021. Thank you so much for giving me some time off over Christmas and the New Year period. Uh, But I'm really excited to be back. We've got some great guests lined up and the first episode is awesome. Uh, I'm chatting today with Jennifer Heap, who is the co-founder of a voice and design studio named Vixen Labs out of the UK. Um, Jen's working in a super exciting space that is voice tech, and the industry is a boom right now. Whether you're talking about devices such as Google Home and Alexa, smart devices such as smart TVs and in-car audio, or whether you're talking about the new phenomena that is Clubhouse uh, and the, I guess, um, launch of voice-based social networks. So this is great. I hope you get something out of Jen. She's a great business leader. She's had some great jobs uh, and had a great career so far uh, and she's really only getting started. So I hope you enjoy. Please note that the opinions of guests are their own and not those of the companies they have worked for. G'day, Jen. Thank you so much for joining me. Finally, we've tried a few times, but finally on the Dream Job Ready podcast. Guilty pleasure. I'm so pumped to talk with you today uh, just for selfish reasons. We obviously met uh, many moons ago, which we'll talk about a little bit, um, you know, an internship that you did with myself and Rip Curl <laughs> a long time ago. But more importantly, you've got a dream job right now and, and one that's going to be super exciting moving into the future. So why don't you throw straight into what you're doing uh, as COO and most importantly, co-founder of Vixen Labs and tell us a little bit about uh, the work that you get to do at Vixen. Yeah, for sure. So, hi, Dane. Awesome to be chatting to you. And yes, we finally made the world's worst time difference work. So that's always good. Well done. 10 out of 10 before we've even started. Right. Vixen Labs, um, we are a full service voice uh, studio and agency here in the UK. We're based in the UK, but we work with clients all around the world. Uh, we'll also be shortly opening an office out in Germany as well. So that's an exciting little exclusive for you, Dane. Um, um, so what does a voice agency do? Uh, well, we help brands um, start their journey or deepen their journey in the voice and conversational tech space. Generally speaking, um, that falls into five big categories for us. So um that is voice strategy, because actually a lot of thinking needs to go into it in terms of like, what is it? Why bother? Where is the opportunity? Who is the audience? What does this mean for my business? And it goes on and on. Um, voice search, 
that's huge. Um, actually making sure that your existing content um, is um, find that can be found and is available and is also digestible through voice as well. That's something that's really important as well. When you're hearing content that maybe was made for the web, making sure that that also works when you're listening to it. Um, voice apps. So this is a thing you most likely think of. So basically experiences that sit on devices, predominantly smart speakers like um, Amazon Alexa and uh, Google Assistant. So um, sort of making boxes talk and do experiences about um, brands and businesses. Um, also content. So uh, the world of voice and conversational definitely touches on podcasts. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, but also um, new and emerging areas that I, you know, we may well touch on later on, but the emerging world of sort of voice and social or um, even things like um, the, ensuring that um, deeper content like audio songs, um, audio books, things like that are surfacing in the right way and accessible and also creating content to live in those places. And also marketing because voice is no different than any other digital touch point that we've ever had if you build it they probably won't come you need to tell people that something exists so if you build an app you still need to tell you where it is even if it's in this like cool new technology um and we work with some of the biggest brands in the world so uh we work with uh mcdonald's uh, an ex of yours dane mm -hmm. <laughs> um also we, um quite a few clients in the banking world that i can't name because that's financial institutions for you um also as diverse as Sony Music, um, Reckitt Benkiser, so lots of household names like uh, Lysol, Dettol, um, you know, dishwasher detergents, vanish detergents, all these sorts of things, um, all the way down to food and beverage like Diageo, who do some excellent booze. Yes. There you go. So hugely broad, um, as mm -hmm. is the as is the voice ecosystem. And I guess that's part of the reason why I think you've got a dream job. You know, you've got an agency, I guess, that gets to work with clients of all shapes and sizes, as, as you've mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but the, the exciting part of the industry at the moment, and it's not like it's, you know, voice has obviously been a tool and a device and an instrument of human beings for a long, long time, but, um, and it has been in our world and in our marketing and in our lives in, in many shapes or forms. But I guess through technology, which is obviously what we'll focus on today, the expansion of devices to, to help enable it, uh, different channels and mediums. You know, you mentioned things like podcasts, audiobooks. You know, this is this is everyday life and and just you know, I guess consistent and 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 common instances for most people every day. You know, wake up, listen to an audiobook or a podcast or talk to mm -hmm. your, uh, your Google Home or your Alexa device and ask what the weather's doing, et cetera. It's so normal now, but it hasn't been that normal for that long. So I'd love to know, um, and one thing I want to convey and, and hope you convey out of this uh, quick podcast we do is around why people should be excited about working in this space and how they go about it and where they should focus. But prior to that, like, how did you narrow in on this um, and, and foresee this as a as the opportunity where it was going because you know you've had quite a few different roles and different jobs and worked with some cool companies at the time how did if you can sum it up for me how did you narrow in and focus on this and get laser laser pointed on this in the recent years um the short answer is i focused on doing what i love 
and what I'm passionate about and kind of followed that 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 scent almost um into voice you know um voice you know vixen's only sort of two two and a half years old now we're super super young company um you know voice wasn't really much of a thing three or four years ago so i think it would be just a lie if i said i had this vision five years ago that voice was where it was all going to go because actually and one of the reasons why voice is so exciting is is constantly evolving with a rapidity that is just like breathtaking. Like every week something new happens that fundamentally changes what we may or may not be able to do within within like all the opportunities and the technology that we have at hand. Um, I mean, I started off as a journalist right back in the day. Um, my love is for, for words and for communication and the power of language. Um, and I just went a really, really long way around to come back to go, actually, I now really running a company that is truly about communicating in the most human way possible. I know that's ironic because I make boxes talk, and it's, <laughs> you know, it's a tech company, but still it's, as you said, it's, it's the power of a voice. It's the power of human voice. Um, and I'm, you know, in many ways, I've never written as much now as I did for many, many years. You know, I spent over over a decade in um, digital communications and advertising. Um, so actually, the, the craft of words is really what led me here. Um, and it just so happened that it also happened to be a really exciting tech ride as well to boot. Oh, for sure. And, and I guess if I can ask you... Um you know, what, what excites you most, you know, you, you, you've sort of, you're doing something you love, which is, which is gold as you look and, and treat it short, short term, because things are moving so quickly in the industry, as you <laughs> mentioned, but what, what really excites you at the moment about the industry and about the, the work that you're getting your hands off? What's, what's the stuff that you just like, wow, this is fun. This is, I love this. Um, I guess I've always been, a bit of a thrill seeker, mm -hmm. <laughs> whether that was like, you know, harking back to the good old days, Aiden, but you know, even if it's about like working in, you know, sort of outdoor or extreme sports and so on and so forth, you know, if you're working in an, a, te a tech area as new as voices, you have to enjoy the, the ride, you have to enjoy the roller coaster. Um, I think the thing that it excites me so much is how diverse it is in terms of something new coming up every day. I'm, I'm someone who gets bored really quickly, right? Like I'm, and I, I need to keep having the challenge. That is also exhausting, <laughs> but you know, if you can get the balance, it's also just the most rewarding way of working. Um, I mean, now in the US for the idea of scale in, in, in the course of just, a, you know, really three or four short years, we've gone from smart speakers entering the market to now a third of all consumers in the UK have a smart speaker. That's not even including like actually devices on your phone. Yeah. So Siri or Google Assistant on your phone, like every Android has Google Assistant built into it yeah. or in car or in your headphones or in glasses or in um, smart like TVs. Electronic devices. Yeah. Yep. It's in everything, right? So I get excited by just speed the speed of it and the the rapidity of, of adoption you know if 
you think of the impact that TV has had on society, on brands, on, on just our way of life, that is like glacial in comparison to voice. And then on top of that, just the kind of glorious curveballs, you know, you're, you know, something that's really emerging at the, mo at the moment, for example, is bespoke assistance. So rather than something sitting on Amazon or on Google, that brands are actually just going off and doing their own thing. You see that a lot within the car manufacturers, like, um, you know, like Mercedes, for example, when you set, sit inside a new Mercedes, you say, hey, Mercedes, you don't say, hey, Alexa, ask for Mercedes. So that is absolutely fascinating. And also just the power of the technology that sits behind it is constantly evolving. You know, I don't necessarily have a hand in the natural language understanding and processing that go behind like the platforms actually understanding what I'm saying. But I know that there are the fleet of some of the smartest people in the world constantly working on that. And those, those pushes are happening all the time. So just this real momentum, I think that's hugely yeah. exciting. Um, and the clients that I get to work with are people equally excited about it. So I just get to work with, yeah, really big brands, but also the actual individuals who I get to work with are just awesome, real kick-ass, you know, evangelists on trying to do something different and new. And to be honest, those are the people you want to work with in the, these big organizations and institutions. So definitely. Yeah. I, I think that's a great couple of footnotes, I think, just in regards to, you know, people developing through their career and, and probably looking for next opportunities, but certainly if they've sort of had, uh, I guess, consistent or, or similar roles up until this point. Um, you know, one, you talked about scale. Like, I think at some point in your career, I think it's very advantageous and, and fun and exciting to work for a company that has you know, scale. Uh, you mentioned McDonald's. Mm. You guys are working with them. I work there. That was probably one thing I took away from working with them was just the wow factor of scaling stuff. You know, in Australia, small country, but a thousand restaurants was was the um, the number that we were working with, and you just don't get many opportunities to work for a company that has a thousand you know stores, locations, restaurants, whatever. Um, so just trying it in 30 or 40 restaurants was no big deal for that company, but you go to a completely different brand and they're like, wow, that'd, you know, wish we, wish we were in that number. So mm. I, I really hear you on the scale thing and, and, and I'd really suggest to anyone that might get an opportunity to work for a company that has that kind of scale and you could only imagine, you know, your Googles and your Amazon, you know, their scale. Yeah. And I think the other one, you know, momentum is huge as well and, and that's probably more industry sometimes than company, but you can probably get a bit of the with a bit of both, but that's that's a really cool one as well. Um, hey, I just I've just opening uh, your your LinkedIn uh, while we we're going through there because I did want to <laughs> scroll back and I've got to scroll a while a while uh, a while back, which is pretty funny to see. Um, and I'm glad you've got it on there. You're you're a little note about uh, doing an internship, online content editor with Rip Curl Europe uh, and Rip Curl. I did way back Fun in the day memories. when I was there. I won't mention the year, uh, although it says 2009. But um, it was some time ago. We had some good fun there. That was that was predominantly working before and and at a, at a big surfing event uh, and, and you helping us out with a lot of content. And you mentioned um, before you started your career as a journalist. Uh, I did as well in in a similar way. Um, and, and I I really I think that's been you know, probably very beneficial to both of us going through our careers. So I wanted to throw to you, and, and this might be a, a leading question, but one of my key questions, and we'll get to that in a sec, was around if people want to work in the voice voice tech space at the moment, outside of being, you know, hardcore developers and, and the, the tech guys that are building all the, all the code and, you know, all the clever smarts behind it, where would you focus? But before I get to that question, 
I wanted mm. to ask you, as a, I guess, a trained journalist originally, do you, do you think there's still a lot of power in that as, you know, people start moving into marketing, business, leadership, uh, strategy, you know, all the other non-journalist, I guess, departments? Um, wow. Okay. Um, so on the journalism bit, I'm a ma- and, and this was, do you know what? This isn't just about working in voice. This was the same as when I was working in Adlands. I worked for some of the biggest advertising agencies, again, on like awesome, sexy brands. I worked in London, Paris, and New York. Something that I really believe in, and maybe this makes me a bit old school, is learn a craft and learn a craft really well. And it will teach you so much. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be the craft that it totally becomes your career. But just having a discipline to really be masterful on something is really important. Um, I've actually met a few and hired several people who are ex-journalists kind of by accident so I don't think it's like oh I spot someone's a journalist and I go oh you'll be good but there's something about the rigor of especially having to do tasks that are often timed under time pressure managing workloads managing deadlines um, fact checking those sorts of things it's those transferable skills that you really really look for when you're an employer Um, And I mean, I talk about journalism because that's where I came from and and obviously you as well, Dane, but, you know, the rigor of learning a craft, I think, is hugely valuable. So don't, you know, and maybe that's a transferable skill. So there's anybody listening who's wanting to, you know, go like, hang on a minute, I'm a, I work in content or I'm a journalist or I work in, you know, audio production like how am I going to get all the way across over to voice it's like well you'd be surprised actually Mm. um it's a huge amount of transferable skills and things that are really attractive to an employer yeah not sure if that answers your question it does it does for sure and and, you know and I think it's um anyone listening it you know it, it doesn't really matter what the industry is whether you've studied psychology or whether you've studied you know something completely the opposite of uh, of that. There's still potentially, um, you know, avenues to to get into this industry. Um, also, don't sorry, just don't, just don't let people tell you no. Also, I've had no. I cannot tell you how many times someone has sucked through their teeth and tutted at me, going, "Well, that's impossible." You know, yeah, well. it was impossible for me to move to France, not you know, barely speaking French. It's like, well, I moved there and I damn well learned fast. You know, oh, it's impossible to move from journalism into advertising. It's like, well, I went in through content and I, I found a little bridge and I jumped on it and I found a way through it. Or, you know, how, you know, how do you move from like being an advertise essentially an advertising creative? Sure, I was working in, innova- in innovation roles in like creative technology roles, but still basically Adland to then, you know, be a co-founder of essentially a tech startup. Don't let anyone tell you no, as long as you can see the connection and that connection is taking you in the direction of what makes you passionate and what makes you get out of bed in the morning, you know, yeah. screw it. Yeah, you'll find you. You do you. You'll find the right person, the right time, the right company, and the right situation for sure. Um, now, this is the million dollar question, but you know, as as I guess a you know a leader of your agency, that's uh, I guess constantly employing people, constantly probably talking to different agencies that require different resources and uh, and, and directions for projects. Again, outside of you know the guys and girls building this technology. 
Where, where mm-hmm. is the opportunity f- for the workplace and the workforce, uh, do you think, in, in this industry? So wide, like way wider than you'd think. Wow. So um, first of all, I ha- I'm going to list out some of the type of job roles that we have in the agency. Yeah. But also just to say, like, people come from as diversity, like such diverse backgrounds. So I've got people who've come from radio and audio, but never worked in like an agency setup before. Uh, we've got people who've come from like pure advertising in, um, got people come from like massive companies, people come straight out of college, you know, really genuinely, really, really diverse backgrounds. And we definitely hire hybrid roles as well. Um, Like I said before, everyone has a craft, everyone has their thing that they are specialist in. Uh, The worst thing to do is to be a generalist because it just means you do a little bit of nothing very well. Mm. But it doesn't mean you can't also um, be sort of like wear multiple hats that, that, you know, have your thing that you do. And then in terms of the type of job roles, so um, we have uh, producers. So producers are usually a hybrid of project managers, client services, um, and sort of basic, they're the glue of the project. So these are the people who are super organized, who can help put together project plans, put together budgets and all those sorts of things. And a lot of those, you know, putting together a scope of work that comes with um, age and experience, but that's often like you might have a transferable skill set. I mean, you might may well have some qualifications in project management, but it often comes from actually other hybrid roles and you move into that position. We have people who are um, creatives, so that actually need to come up with the ideas for the things that we might want to propose to our clients. We have script writers. We have p- people who work on audio, so. Um, not just the not sonic branding so not like the jingle but actually in voice experiences you have all the little sounds that help you navigate an experience in a way when you don't have visuals Mm. but then saying that we also have visual designers as well we have strategists um, and strategists that um, can really vary from like kind of pure like kind of what you'd imagine like an agency brand strategist to be all the way through to almost like tech strategists so it can be a really broad sweep um obviously um vux so voice user experience designers that's my particular love and domain as well as scripting um so really the, the people who map out and explore the way that the experiences need to um to unfold and to have meaning for users but also not forgetting there's a synergy between strategy and ux which is finding the opportunity, finding the use case, finding the needs and the need states of the user as they move through an experience. Because it's really important to have quite a high, how can I put like emotional intelligence when you're designing for voice. Like you have to be really, you have to have a lot of empathy that there is someone in their home probably doing something else at the same time, maybe with screaming kids, maybe trying to multitask, maybe try, you know, and really put yourself in the position. So there's a lot of like very empathic thinking that has to happen in the design. And then we've got developers, the bit that you'd probably imagine, but actually those developers can be really diverse. Sure, they're actually coding up the experiences that we make, but they also need to understand about how bigger businesses operate. like how is an API structured and what does that mean? How do I get through all the like gazillion permissions and things that you need to be granted to be able to get access to some of the backend systems 
um, of businesses. I won't go any deeper. It gets pretty boring. But yeah, and there's all of that. And then there's the people who help us out with doing marketing and things like that. So it's a hugely, hugely broad sweep, but it all comes back to voice and conversational technology in some shape or form. So you could be creative mindset. You could be um, someone who likes to think about the like crafting the experiences in terms of the journey. So UX, or you could be a maker, or you could be a strategist and you could be a dreamer. There's something kind of for everyone. You just have to have a passion for learning, learning sometimes quite fast mm -hmm. um, and collaborating as well. Like all our teams are very blended. So everyone works together on a project. Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously, yeah, like every industry, yeah, every business um, filters down to you know, finance, HR, operations, et cetera, et cetera. All that jazz. Yeah. We can't escape it. <laughs> but we have awesome people doing that as well. So, <laughs> Look, one of the, one of the um, I guess, uh, businesses that is a buzz at the moment uh, is the new Clubhouse app, um, mm -hmm. which is um, you know, sort of being labelled as sort of part voice social network part voice app uh, well it is it's a voice app but um you know it's it sort of begs the question um for me is this the start of a you know a slightly new genre of apps and social media um you know through zoom and google hangouts and even you know live podcasting and live facebook chats and all that kind of stuff we've been able to converse uh, together before but uh, a lot of those, not so much podcasting, but a lot of those other channels have had the video element um, kind of as a, as a priority. This is audio only. You get to see an image most likely of the person or people that you're chatting with. But would love to know your sort of thoughts on, um, you know, the, the current phenomena and, and is it the start of things to come in this space, do you think? Yeah, I think um, so... I, very specifically um, on Clubhouse, and then, and then there's like the wider thing of, as well. There's been a lot of chatter in the voice tech space about like, who's going to crack like voice and social? Because like, right, like it makes sense. But kind of none of us were like, we're like, yeah, well, you can kind of see like maybe where it would go or whatever. And then Clubhouse is just like, boom, mic drop, exit stage left. Um, so... I'm obviously extremely interested to see where it goes. And I mean, in terms of like the, the noise it's making and the cross section of people it's attracting. I mean, to me, it, it's looking bigger than TikTok. It just in terms of speed, you know, it's not, it's not niche. And also the diversity of things that people are talking about. Like there's a lot of kind of nonsense on there, but there's a lot of like, really intense business discussions on there or people talking about politics like it's it's hugely broad i think also what it taps into is a real desire for more a more human connection yeah um i think that's really the big thing that's what i meant like oh i'm gonna talk about the overarching thing like clubhouse is a huge part of it but i think we're sick of screens mm -hmm. we're, we're zoom fatigue is you know the buzzword of 2020 and no doubt for 2021 as well and i think that you know pod, that's why people love podcasts so much because there is that intimacy you can really hear two people talking and without the distraction of of screens of everything else that's happening around it same thing with clubhouse you know you're really hearing a discussion um, but one that you can be part of so it's like kind of podcast plus plus mm -hmm. but even 
the huge prevalence now of sending voice notes, sending voice memos. So, you know, whether that's on, on you know, um, platforms like use on WhatsApp, or even now people um, using it on um, like LinkedIn or even on like Instagram and things like that. I think there's a desire to just not constantly be typing or speaking at a screen and to have a bit more of a of a verbal connection. And you know, especially here in 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 Europe, where we're still very much in the grip of COVID, you know, there's a huge desire to have more human to human connection. Mm -hmm. And I think really that's what it's appealing to. Um, and that's a really exciting space, obviously for voice, because that is the promise of voice as well. Yeah, no, I'd echo that, and you know, obviously, conversation and um, you know, and voice is is a social element. The other one that's I, I, that's sort of triggered my thoughts on it is, is is the accessibility to it as well. I, I feel like as things, you know, as as the scale of wireless headphones has increased, which has put less demand on holding a device or being connected to my computer or whatever, I think will allow apps like this. Um, to scale because it's it's just easy like you know yes you've got to raise your hand if you're not one of the you know official um uh, club clubhouse owners or, or room owners you've got to still got to use the device a little bit but once you're talking uh, or if you're just listening yeah you can put your phone next to you and just sit there with your wireless headphones on and, and exactly. engage with it uh let yeah. alone if you want to i suppose and where it may get to talk to alexa or google home or a different device and converse with that bit of hardware, which is you know linking you into Clubhouse or, or the equivalent app, and and I feel like it was the same when, you know, when I guess um, when gaming really jumped on the the comms part, so you, know, you could talk to the person you were playing with or the people you were playing against. You know, Fortnite, it's obviously huge, but there's a lot of different games where you can converse with people you're playing with, and it was just simple. You know, you put your headphones on, you still it's it, it's not distracting you from what you're doing. You're still you know gaming, and you've got the the controller in your hand but it just it just enabled that more so i feel like that's the opportunity as well yeah definitely and i think it's also amazing for um for networking for professional learning and exploration you know when i have get to the end of the day and i've spent nine hours in front of a screen trust <laughs> me the last thing i want to do is to be on another webinar maybe some people are more tolerant than i am but i'm like i'm done i am done i'm gonna go and bake some bread <laughs> Like I can't, I really can't handle it anymore. But actually just tuning into, um, just tuning in something on Clubhouse, maybe you just listen for like 10 minutes or something. Um, it's actually much easier to, I don't know, yeah, to multitask, to weave it into your life um, in a more human way, in a more compassionate way, weirdly enough. I think it's just trying to find ways, more diverse ways of being able to communicate with each other that's just easier and, and fits into our lives like everything's a bit of a struggle at the moment so <laughs> it is. anything that helps that i think is is has a real attachment for people yeah i agree anything that can enable or empower is is great look jenna i really appreciate uh, not only your insights and thoughts on on yeah that the new phenomena that is the clubhouse app um but just in general as i said you know a uh, guilty pleasure of mine you know you, you're working in a space and an industry uh, and running your own agency, which is huge. I didn't even get to ask you about that. So maybe that's a follow-up podcast we could do around actually managing people, hiring people, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, the industry you're playing in, the work you're doing, it's it's a it's a 
very inspiring to me and very exciting to me. So yeah, guilty pleasure on the dream job for me. Um, but I think you've, you know, you've shared some great insights for the listener as well. And um, you're only getting started for sure. Uh, feels like a while ago since, since we did some intern stuff, but um, it's super exciting what you're doing. <laughs> and I really appreciate your time on the podcast. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Actually, I was going to pop something up on, on LinkedIn of like some top tips because we, we are doing a load of recruiting at the moment. Awesome. So if you're interested in me sharing just like a top, like really, really functional things, because, you know, rather than you, rather me putting it on LinkedIn, I can tell you. Yes, um, please. Just really small things mm-hmm. like be on time for an interview. Do your research answer questions succinctly and if you don't know the answer to the question just say i don't know honesty is never a problem waffle is alarming (laughs) i love that one Um, and yeah just just do that little bit of prep and you don't have to be like inhuman like perfect you don't you know no one expects is expecting you to be a robot um and also realize that there's a lot going on in the world Um, And also the people who you might be talking to, even the people interviewing you might also be doing stuff as well and have stuff going on in their lives. So let's everyone, you know, respect each other's time and treat everyone with a bit of compassion. That's kind of my, my top tips for, you know, just overarching job interviews at the moment. And if you were going for a job interview, would you send a, uh, a video or a voice application these days on LinkedIn, like I'm seeing growing in population, uh, growing in popularity, should I say? Or would you keep it simple and, and apply the, I guess, the traditional way? So, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a baited question for you. That is a baited, isn't it? Um, we, I mean, we really like to have, a, we're of a scale as well that we really like to have a chat with people. Our recruitment processes are really long because we spend a really long time really, really handpicking people. Um, I think for a lot of other companies, actually, especially when they're getting through a lot of volume of applicants that are on a short list, I think maybe sending something by video could be really amazing and a really great way of cutting through. But also just make sure it's actually going to get seen by someone. I hate the thought of people spending so long to make all this material that's just going to go in like an HR bin folder somewhere. Voice notes. Now I am not against the theory of voice notes, but there is an etiquette that must be applied. I will never listen to a voice note. If someone sends, other than like friends and family, if someone sends me a voice note that on any platform that doesn't specify what's in it, because like I get a lot of sales calls and emails of like, oh, here's some software, you know, all that kind of stuff. And if, if, if I don't, if I can't see what's in the email or in the voice message or in whatever it is, I won't open it because it's like blue ticking someone, sure. you know, you're like, you're inviting the next stage. So just, you, it might be a new technology, but politeness is so important. If anything, it's maybe more polite. So introduce your written, yes. introduce yourself, Say why you're sending the voice note and what is contained within the voice note. And then by all means, go ahead. No ambushes. Ambush is bad. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a very easy tip, but that's a great one. Um, you, and you don't want to waste someone's time if, they, if they're not looking for that, looking for that thing or, or hunting for that thing. So, yeah, it's a great tip. That's super simple as well. Just give context to what the, uh, the voice note is. Just let me know what it is I'm walking into. Yep. And also, like at least I can only speak for myself and maybe I should have better time management skills, but 
my LinkedIn inbox is gross. Like, you know, it's not, I don't necessarily keep on top of it. And again, talking about compassion at the moment, like we're all doing a lot at the moment, you know, we, you know, the economic climate and COVID, there's a lot of screen time, everyone's struggling. So don't be dispirited if maybe someone doesn't reply straight away or it takes a while or if you're not getting through on one comms channel maybe try another way you know like don't don't be you know uh don't be dispirited if it doesn't go exactly you know you don't get the response that you want it's probably not personal and it's probably just because someone's inbox is as hideous as mine that's fair and that's you're not the only one as well jen uh <laughs> linkedin inboxes yeah stay out of there if uh, if it's not yours. just you just don't give up after a while that's true. Hey, that's that's. Uh, I really appreciate that nice, uh, precise uh, list of, uh, I guess, interview and application tips. Uh, always helpful for people to hear that. I especially like the one around if you get a question you're not sure about or you don't know the answer to, don't feel like you need to waffle through something just to prove yourself. Just, yeah, acknowledge that you don't know and there's something you need to learn or, you know, I need to go on about this, etc. I think it's a great, that's a great tip as well. And I find that really impressive, by the way. People mm -hmm. might think it's a failing. I find it really impressive to go, I don't know that, but I, oh, but this is how I'll go and find out. Yeah. Like I'll go and learn or I, I know where I can go and ask or I'll get back to you or can I email you my response if yep. I need to go and research something. I, I'd say that in a job as well, right? Like if you're in a meeting, especially <laughs> if it's with a superior and they say, where's this, this and this, there's no point waffling around and answered if you don't oh no have it. it's terrible yeah yeah it, it totally freaks me out it really worries me because it's like i do not expect anyone to know everything yeah i work in an industry where a lot of the time we don't know what's coming up and we are all having to learn all the time yep you know anyone who says that they know everything is is generally to be avoided <laughs> additional tip on that just from personal experience as well if if you don't know the answer and you say i don't know but i'm going to get it and i'll email it to you make sure you do because that that oh, boss yeah, that boss or ceo or manager won't forget uh, most likely so um th they'll notice if you haven't sent it to them uh by the deadline you have uh, said in that meeting so um hey jen thank, thank you, you so much for this this has been awesome Pleasure. superstar um <laughs> uk time zone as you mentioned but uh global uh, audience so hey thanks heaps really appreciate it absolute pleasure thanks so much 